Winging it. That's what we're doing. <laughs> I know. I figured. I know. We're, we're gonna. We're gonna wing it. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the We and Me podcast. Thanks for joining us. On this week's episode, we have the Chris's from the World Plural Positivity Conference. Holy cow! The Plural Positivity World Conference. Plural Positivity World Conference. I cannot Woo-hoo. do words. I got it. <laughs> Go me. <laughs> Sweet mother of Hades. Anyway, how are you doing today? <laughs> we're we're okay today. Good. I'm glad to hear it because as some of our listeners already know, and as you know from the last 10 minutes of conversation, it has been a jumble in my brain today. So I'm glad that you're going to bear with me. No, no problem. On this episode, we wanted to talk a little bit about what it's like for you living with DID collectively, meaning you, your parts, your alters, whatever terminology you'd like to use, perfectly fine with, everybody knows that. And then I want to talk a little bit about what it was like living with DID and going through the process of putting together this global conference, trying to organize all these other people with living with DID, which is a complex thing in and of itself. And then making sure things get on schedule. And then anyone who is familiar with us or follows us at the We and Me on Twitter, you know that we missed one of our sessions. We can talk about that later. But do you want to go ahead and share a little bit about yourselves and kind of discuss a little bit about your day to day and how you came to find that you lived with DID? Oh, boy. <laughs> I know. Uh, OK, we're we're the Chris's <laughs> and we I, I always like starting at the beginning. So we survived our childhood, but of course we didn't really remember it. And then um, in 1986, we had this cascade of events, this just like nonstop stuff. Uh, Somebody in here broke up with our boyfriend in January. Uh, (laughs) We got we got pregnant. We were 16 years old. So this is like not the best year. And sure. then and then somebody in our heads is like, hi, by the way, my name is mm-hmm. um, and and showed us what they look like and another and another and another. And, you know, just like all in like one month, we went from a head count of thinking we were one to being eight, I think, Yikes. at the time. Yes. From one to eight, like in the span of a month or two, we were also awakening as other kin because the people who came out were elves and so we were awakening as other kin waking as plural all at the same time in 1986 with absolutely zero supports and we have what we call a cascade failure just you know we were really happy to meet each other we had no problem with each other as a whole we weren't fighting with each other but life went haywire Sure. Uh, you know, our, our senses, it was like our nerves were exposed. And, and so we're 16 with all the 16 year old hormones. We're pregnant. We're yeah. <laughs> with all the pregnancy hormones on top of that. Our brain is going a million miles a minute. We're all meeting each other. Um, most of us are elves living in New York City. We're taking the subway every day. Uh, we were in a co-op program. So we had dropped from normal high school classes, we went to Manhattan and we were working at New American Library as an intern. Oh, it was awful. So we were in a sardine can full of humans every day, twice a day, 
like Ugh. completely packed, pressed up against sweaty human bodies, and mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and being and being elves, it was kind of like eh, get it off me. Um, <laughs> and and yeah, so it was really bad. It ended in you know ended in terms of the amount of pressure and everything that was going on after a suicide attempt. We ended up in the hospital for nine months. Oh wow! Uh, okay. Yeah, we were in a physical hospital for a week, and then we were in the mental hospital for nine months, and that was like so night and day because we were out on Long Island in a private hospital. So we were very, very privileged and we were aware of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't end up in Bellevue or a place with horrible reputation. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, and this is 1986. So if we had, our life would be completely different, like oh, scar- scarily different. Yeah. 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 So we understand our privilege there. And so we had nine months in the hospital. After a couple of months, we finally came out to our therapist as having many people in our head. Mm -hmm. Um, The pregnancy issue was resolved before the suicide attempt, but we won't go into that. But, you know, those hormones also were out of our system by then. And yeah, so we came out to our therapist as having many people in our head. That's how we put it. You know, that's how we thought of it. Right. Um, and our therapist was completely outclassed and outgunned. He was just an adolescent psychiatrist. He was Freudian trained, um, general practitioner type material. Sure. And so we came out with a lot of great coping mechanisms and, and you know, other stuff, you know, more stable in many ways, but not none of the DID and none of the trauma was really taken care of. <laughs> Yeah. I don't even know fully whether he completely believed it at the time, but we also were with him for a few years outpatient. But one of the first things he asked us, and this is a sign of the times, 1986, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking like complete civil three faces of Eve territory yeah. and very, very little information in books. I mean, Cluft still had not probably, you know, gotten into the hands of of trauma therapists, his yeah. books at that point, you know, we're right. talking it's 1986. And so what does he ask me? Of course, he asked me if we want to integrate. I mean, but mm. we're like, you know, months into therapy. This is the mm. way it was back then. It's like, so do you want to integrate? Yeah. And I could see the dollar signs in his eyes. Mm. You know, it was like he looked a little excited, you know, mm-hmm. and we're like, what does that? And, you know, a little bit of explanation. And we're like, hell no. <laughs> yeah. Like, as far as we were concerned up here, you know, upstairs in our, our head, We're like, you know, just getting to know each other. We're having a good, you know, good time, like getting to know each other and get on the same page and and learn, learn who each other is. And by then, maybe we were, you know, 12 or 16, you know, we found a few more. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we're like, you know, racking up a body count here in terms of like, you know, who's in our headspace and what it looks like in here. And we had drawn a head map and, you know, our first map was an internal landscape map. And we're like, heck no. And the look on his face when we said no, <laughs> mm-hmm. you could see those little dollar signs just like drop out of his eyes like in a cartoon. And, and his whole <laughs> face fell like, there goes my book deal, you know? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. And yeah, so, you know, a few years later, he he just didn't know what to do with us. And sure. we were coping fine with life, you know, in general. You know, we had a job. We were going to school. Um we had not we knew we had trauma, but it was, you know, often a, a 
somewhere else. You know, we had yeah. like hints of what had happened and it felt really foggy and far away, but we didn't have full blown uh, flashbacks like, you know, full living color right. in person flashbacks. So it was over there, you know, and we just eventually were discharged from therapy and went out and just continued going to school and, you know, doing the things we did. Mm-hmm. And saved a lot of time and money by not going out to Long Island for therapy from Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a two hour trip each way or something. For sure. Yeah. And like it started out like twice a week. So, you know, from from being inpatient to like twice a week and then once a week and then every other week and until it tapered off. So we lived out of the closet, basically. You know, we were hanging out in the gay community. We were hanging out with polyamorous people. We were. Mm-hmm. Um, in the SCA or the MSR, I forget which one at the time, um, that's Medieval Studies and Restoration or the so- Society for Creative Anachronism, uh, both of which are medieval reenactment groups. So, you know, we got to run around in funny clothes and yeah. caps and, you know, Elfie boots and um, have a good time. Uh, and we had to be on the sly about being elves, but we could be more open about being many. Um, sure. <laughs> sure yeah yeah they had a thing against you know other kin we weren't even called other kin at the time but they didn't want like you know uh non-humans like hanging out in the medieval groups but um but you know some people knew and that you know that was like the cornerstone of our being out at the time was being out with fringe groups basically being out in spaces where people were already kind of weird um (laughs) or already not norm Especially given the the time frame of things. I don't know. I mean, well, you see, like, yeah, we didn't even really like we didn't identify as multiple personality disorder, although we suspected it. And um, so we did call ourselves multiple, I think, by then. Or we would just tell people, you know, we have many people in our head. And that was our favorite way to come out. We have many people in our head. Right. And sometimes it was, pre- you know, like like tacked on was, and most of them are elves. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, by 1998, that that was when our second kid was born. That's when we found the Other King community online. We were on Elvenkind Digest mailing list, and oh, okay. yeah, and so that's like, um, actually, let me rewind slightly. So in 1996, I went online onto the visual internet. I had been on the internet a couple of times, but by but back then it was uh it was text only. Right. So you were on a line command, and you know you had to go into a weird browser and go. The only like search engine was like Yahoo. Yeah. I think Ask Jeeves. Ask, Ask Jeeves. Yeah. Yeah. Way back. So Ask Jeeves and Yahoo were the only two search engines online, and um and you know you had email and stuff like that, but it was a really clunky interface and. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a website then, but in 1996, I got a job where we actually had internet and on the sly, I set up my website on uh, AOL. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like I finally like learned enough HTML to cobble together a website. So I put my stories online, which I had been writing since I was 11. Uh, We had been writing. Yeah. We had been writing our backstories. Some of them were backstories. Um, Actually, at 11, those were just stories. But by the time we were 14, 15, 16, like some of our backstories started coming out um, before we even knew each other. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh, so you're that. Yeah, a lot of it was like recognizing each other as as people that had been there before. People yeah. that were there when we were seven years old, people that were there, you know, when we were teenagers. 
uh, or the person that broke up with our boyfriend in mm-hmm. January of that year. You know, it's like all it's like, oh, it's you. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like for us, it was like a family reunion almost because we had been played together as chi- children and, you know, things like that, like not to go into any of the, the dark, horrible trauma type stuff, but just, you know, right. like in terms of our plurality we had hung out together when we were kids and then we lost each other for a while and then we found each other again. This time we had names and faces to go along with this. So to us, it wasn't, it wasn't a infighty type of thing. We did have some issues with each other and, you know, would call sure. each other to the carpet, you know, like you did wrong. <laughs> Don't do that sure. again. Um, yeah. And, but you know, we, we wanted to collaborate and, and get along. So that's always been our thing. Now, all along the way, we bumped into so many other plurals because we were out and because there's this this didar, as I call it. You know, it's D-I-D-A-R, didar, mm-hmm. kind of like gaydar or bidar. Yeah. Um, so we're running mm-hmm. around, you know, in medieval groups and in fringe groups and in the gay groups and with trans people. And we're hanging out in uh, WAM, uh, Women's Health Action Mobilization. Yeah. Yeah, like way back, you know, when we had to actually fight for the right for abortions and yeah, we were fighting the FDA trying to close down herbal products and uh, all, all kinds of uh, we were fighting AIDS, you know, just marching, right. protesting and carrying signs and tearing off our shirts and yeah, all kinds of things. So, I mean, it was New York City. It was the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And, you know. That's that's kind of what we did. So we were hanging out in fringe culture as it was. So weird things were just a little more acceptable. We would bump sure. into people who were plural here and there. Um, so why was I going to say that? Um, because our, our thing had always been internal community. And a lot of the people we bumped into that were plurals were not necessarily DID or we couldn't tell, you know, uh, we couldn't tell whether they would fit that criteria or not because we weren't dealing with them in terms of trauma that wasn't the framework we were meeting these people and you know it, it could be gaming groups we were an avid did player for a while a, a did player D D player D D, yeah and <laughs> and not the i and yeah <laughs> so we were a D player and um eventually we gave that up because our real life was way stranger than fiction um sure <laughs> and and so then um yeah we had kids we um we met the other kin community we spent a few years with them and then when we moved upstate we had a job for a little while but it was like a real full-time job um and had to kind of pull back from the online community because we were raising young kids and we were working full-time right after a year and change, we lost that job and mm. decided to open our business. So it was the same deal. I mean, a business can suck all of your time up. So it was oh, raising yeah. kids and running a business. Especially a startup. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, all week it was networking and trying to, you know, market and get work. And then all weekend it was catching up on the work that I wasn't able to get to because I was out of the house networking. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, attending sure. meetings and and just trying to drum up business. You know, and and in between, it gave me a lot of flexibility with the kids, which is good, too. You know, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I could do work and go out to meetings while kids were in school or whatever. But then, you know, I'd come home and have the flexibility to spend time with them and then 
if they were playing, you know, I don't know what, uh, playing games on the computer or something together, I could be, you know, working. It was very, very busy for a while, and then work dried up because the economy changed. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of things changed. I was doing websites, so when the economy changed, that business it also because technology was changing and it was turning more and more to social media. The right. small businesses, which were my bread and butter, didn't have the money for websites anymore in in a high enough price tier that it would support me. You know, it had to be a thousand to two thousand dollars. And then, you know, Wix and everybody else comes out. I mean, yeah. setting up WordPress, I can't compete with Wix. Um, so Wix and everybody else coming out with free or, you know, damn near close to free. Yeah. Like, yeah, throw in the towel, you know, find something else to do. We had gotten trained as a life coach. So we moved to business coaching and life coaching for small businesses. So the same target audience um, for the business coaching. But working more on the back end and helping them strategize their business and things like that. And, you know, as a bridge between one business and the other to get to our life coaching, which was really our dream, uh, that and writing, you know, has always been our dream. Ever since yeah. we were 11, we've been writing and we were like, you know, we wrote two, two books and put them out back to back. The first one we had to get out of the way was our autobiography slash poetry book. Oh, was, okay. Yeah, it was a very weird obligation. We wanted our first book to be an autobiography. And our father, who we call Spurt the Unloader, mm. uh, <laughs> who who we have disowned, uh, but yeah. Spurt wanted, uh, you know, and left us kind of with this onus. And at the time we were talking to him. Um, but when we were 16, 17, somewhere around there, he was like, I really want to help you publish your poetry. And it took us until, you know, 2000, what was that, 2009 to actually oh, okay. get to the point. So we made it a blend of autobiography and poetry book so we could get some backing from him on it. And we did. We got some backing from him. And so we published that. And then the next year we published our first self-help book, which is not plural related, but we're going to work on the same material for plurals at some point. Um, oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. That yeah. could be, yeah, that, that's, um, it's unique perspective. You have a unique perspective on it, right? So if you could, if you could put that into application for people with DID, then yeah. you, you could, you could really find a good niche market right there. Well, uh, but the book itself, the, the content, the, what it talks about is very important for plurals. It's about sure. personal energy management. And how to go from using panic energy every day, kind of like yeah. white collar burnout. You know, you're you're running on caffeine and, and adrenaline all day and banging out, you know, work for deadlines. How do you change that over to passion energy and and using not the endocrine system, you know, for for that um, adrenaline rush right. energy, but actually move to heart centered energy and and run on passion and oxytocin and, you know, love energy basically. Um, so switching between the um, sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system to drive your life. So that's what that book is about, even though it doesn't talk about it in technical detail. And on the back end, we were writing another book. It was called Healer in the Hot Seat. and It's not done. But that one was going to go into all the technical details and had all the, you know, references and stuff. And we got derailed and wrote a shorter, more actionable book, I guess. So we were going to write one for okay. holistic healers okay. to understand, you know, these these principles. 
but that was like right before like the whole explosion of the mindfulness movement and everything else. So it was like, it was slightly ahead of its time. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, So, but we're still excited to take that material and try and package it for plurals to help learn how we can um, intentionally control that difference of the energy. Cause we have, we all, even though we're so used to running in that panic energy, we all are physically wired for both. And there are ways we can influence changing from one to the other. Um, yeah, I yeah I understand what you're saying there. I think that that's an important thing. That's something that I I talk to people about pretty regularly. Is that like your your brain has the capacity to change and um, produce new connections, and it is possible to assist yourself by using some of those um, neurological principles to continue the healing process in a manner of speaking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and the panic system puts your like a rewiring. Hold. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It puts like your we'll... digestion on hold. It puts right. your, your healing on hold. Everything's on hold so you can run and hide and, and stuff like that. So if you really want to um, get your biology, you know, to work uh, differently, I guess, I'm not going to say better because there are definitely situations you want that panic energy, but to work in not panic energy then yeah, learning how to flip that switch so that you're you're operating in the other energy is very important. Yeah, and I I agree with you, right? Because that's that's a built-in instinct into human beings. Like it's not that that is bad. What is unhealthy is remaining in that for extended periods of time. So exactly, like, if you experience trauma, for example, you have DID. You you live in variations of that day to day. Over someone knocking on the front door, for example, it makes me jump every time I have to calm myself down. I'm aware. Listen, I'm okay. I'm safe. I know who's at the door. It's okay. You know, that type of thing. Yeah. And it's just it's just one of those things. And that of, you know, over the years of therapy, that has, of course, gotten much better. And then us just being able to figure out what works for us, figure out what, what works for myself as well as my parts and collectively and progress through that sort of thing because it doesn't it doesn't happen like it used to anymore it's not this like panic mindset that i am stuck in 24 7 it's not like that any longer it's very much i've i suppose i'll use the word adapted and Mm -hmm. change these different things and it's not that like if i were in a quote-unquote dangerous or harmful potentially harmful situation that my body and my brain still wouldn't react that way to keep myself safe it's not that it's these day-to-day things that can cause panic for somebody with a trauma disorder dissociative or otherwise right yeah the other thing is like living in the the panic energy we're producing cortisol all the time we're yeah we're really wearing down certain systems of the body and it affects so many different things heart disease it affects diabetes yeah um digestion ibs you know and stuff like that um, there's so many things. It, it, it turns on the immune system for all of us with autoimmune issues. Um, so living in that energy all the time can really have serious detrimental physical effects on our body as well as our mind. Um, so, yeah, very much so. Yes, yes, very, very much. Very so much. so yeah. that's another reason to start teaching people that. So that's probably our next big project is going to be um, we're, we're we've got a committee working on this right now, but. Um, we'll probably be doing another beta group session. We did group coaching beta, which was free, but people had to jump through some extra hoops to get in. Um, but we're going to sure. probably open up another one just for working on the panic versus passion energy um, so that we can 
we can revive our own knowledge of it, but also figure out how to package it for plurals so that then we can work on putting that into uh, one of the books that we're, we're about to start working on, uh, which is United Front Adventures. The Adventurer's book is the one that's going to go into daily living and, and facing forward completely, you know, and not working on internal system stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's all the external life stuff. Uh, taking taking your spaceship out on adventures in human space. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. No, and that's that's excellent. That's that's a fantastic thing to work on. I really look forward to to hearing more about that. Um, yeah. In regards to the like figuring out the space and trying to package something like that, like self help for plurality. It's it's an interesting concept and I, I am looking forward to seeing yeah. more about that in the future. Well, we do, and, we do a lot of that already. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk, let's from there, let's just go right into some of the ups and downs and in-betweens of putting on a world conference like you guys had. I know you had help and stuff like that, so let's talk about it, but let's, let's discuss some of the ups and downs of that and how yeah. hectic that is. So, uh, okay, so power to the plurals, and we started talking, I don't know, maybe about a year ago, you know, and started um, becoming friends online, and um, and sometimes when the two of us are in a chat together, it can get pretty dangerous. We, we're both idea people, so mm-hmm. we're not <laughs> yeah. only idea people, we're obviously also implement idea people, which is good because, right. you know, you can just come up with ideas all day, but it never goes anywhere. But no, we're also like, you know, make it happen people, which is good. Absolutely. So um, before the Healing Together conference, maybe even before the turn of the new year, we were just like, Looking, we were both looking at the ISSTD conference, um, which was going to be held in New York. Um, it's a six-day conference total. The first three days were a hypnotherapy training and a couple of other like half-day session type things. Okay. And then the three-day conference was Friday. Oh no, sorry, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Um, and we're looking at this, and we're looking at the price tag, and we're both like. There's no way, you know, it's like $850 just to get yeah. in the conference. Um, I had actually contacted the ISSTD on the back end because I'm in the middle of trying to get my New York State peer certification, um, which is a mental health uh, peer specialist uh, okay. certification to deal with other like you can work in an agency, but kind of as a caseworker junior. Um, or help people bridge from the hospital to the community. You know, there's a lot of different peer programs and they require the certification. Sure. But um, because I had enrolled in that in New York State, I contacted them. I said, could I get into the student rate? And they said, yes. I was like, ooh, student rate. Okay, you know, it's still 350 bucks, you know, or something yeah. like that. It was like, you know, and here I am. I'm, I'm in upstate New York. So I'm an hour and a half travel from to and from the conference so it would require a hotel or finding a friend to stay with and, you know it's yeah. just like the bill just you know racks up at that point and i could probably ask the agency i'm on the board of you know would you do this but you know it was just and also the the conference just was not meant for us to be there so it would be highly triggering kind mm-hmm. of yeah kind of like walking in on sessions that are very raw you know, yeah. and, and highly complicated, but I can deal with the highly complicated. I, you know, I study psychology 
in sure. school and you know whatever that part i wasn't worried about understanding what they said but that rawness and also you know being questioned for why i'm there and stuff like that so mm-hmm. um <laughs> sure yeah. Yeah. So it was like, you know, that that type of barrier, but it was a barrier to everybody. And as an activist, um, you know, just my it's in my blood, you know, after all the gay activism and everything else, being an activist, I just saw this as a huge barrier. Um, it's like we're not meant to be here. They're keeping yeah. us out on purpose. You know, the, the price alone is a gatekeeper. But, you know, the fact that it's in New York City, the price of the hotels there, the price of them renting the room. I can understand why the price is that high. Sure. And they had like nine concurrent sessions or some like absolutely bizarre amount of like concurrent sessions. Wow. So, yeah. So like yeah, I'm thinking, wow. wow, you know, they must have rented yeah. a lot of space. No wonder it's so expensive. You know, mm-hmm. the other weird thing, like when we were going over the schedule is like most of the meals were not included. So you're you're paying 850 bucks. Then you're out on the streets in New York City looking for food. So between plane tickets and and lodging and everything else. This was priced entirely outside of almost all plurals means. And so Stronghold like joked around, hey, you know, we could rent a hotel across the street and run a run a counter conference across the street. We're like, <laughs> we're like, boy, that would be really, really expensive. But, you know, we could do it online. And so as a life coach, you know, through, through all those years of working in business and stuff like that. I'm I'm bombarded all the time with telesummits and online trainings. And I do have a couple of classes that are so not related to plurality on Udemy.com. Um, one of them is on chickens and the other one's on tricky words in English. So okay. <laughs> completely not related. I did like low hanging fruit, you know, classes just to throw them online. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um but I have these two classes, you know, and, and, you know, it's like, I know how to do online content. I, you know, I'm not like, I'm not going to say I'm like stellar at it, but I know what I'm doing. Right. So I'm like, you know, I've seen these people do telesummits. My buddy here is a YouTuber. I know how to do online learning. I know how to record, you know, videos and stuff like that. As long as I can do pre-recorded and they yeah. can do whatever live stuff they want to do. We got this. Yeah. <laughs> All we have to do is see how many other people can do it too, you know, like let's right. try and get other people in on it. So we were thinking about it. We didn't really, you know, we just really got to the idea of possibly doing this online when we got to the Florida conference. And the whole idea was to ask other people what they thought, you know, and, and yeah. see, you know, see whether or not there was going to be enough other people that were like interested to make this a thing. We didn't sure. want it to be the Kristen Stronghold show, you know. <laughs> Right. Yeah. You want the different perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. We wanted it to be a real conference, you know, not just two presenters, you know. Right. So um, like we we really wanted to kind of compete with them and give people who couldn't go to the the New York conference something really worth seeing, you know, some sure. really good content Um, and kind of show them up a little bit <laughs> if we could, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, let's let's at least try set the bar, you know. And try and show them up. And we also wanted to be inclusive and we wanted to be about plurality as a whole, including DID. So the whole thing. So we went to um, Healing Together. And because we were both going to Healing Together, we also attracted some people who had never been there before to actually come this year. So there was actually this really interesting thing, like like the Healing Together people 
Um, I was already going to be presenting at the conference. So I knew yeah. when, when registration opened that I was already presenting. So I let people know. Stronghold decided to go. So now we've got like Netherlands is coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we got we got us coming. We got a YouTuber from the Netherlands coming. And all of a sudden people are like, oh, I got to go. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. I hate fan gushing, but it was still kind of like, you know, a little peacocking right there. You know, like, oh, sure. look, look, people sure. are following us. Um, but yeah, so we we attracted a number of people. I mean, we were both bringing our plural partners, so that you know that already doubled our group. But then there were these other people that were going, and um, as people said, "Hey, I'm going to go too," hey, I'm going to you know we we all got together in a group just to talk about logistics and who's landing when and can we yeah. meet before the conference and all this stuff. And Stronghold decided to do a meetup um, a couple of hours before the conference started. Cause it started in the evening, so we were going to meet at like noon. Um, in the hotel lobby and talk. So it ended up being a planning meeting. I didn't know it was going to be a planning meeting. I thought it was just going to be a meetup, but, um, <laughs> but we had a planning meeting in the lobby and we ended up with mm, a dozen to 15, um, something like systems sitting around talking about plural activism and a bunch of the different things that we were thinking about doing this year and different dates and throwing things out, you know, like what could we be doing um, and came up with a bunch of ideas. We were going to do Plural Pride in September, but now we might do it in July. So we're we're still feeling out some dates and stuff. Sure. We might do a whole Plural Acceptance Week with a capstone of Plural Pride. So it's just that one week. Um, so it'll have a bunch of events and and then, you know, a, a Pride Day. Um, no marching yet. We won't be on the streets, you know, in our, our rainbows and things like sure. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, so, okay. So we come out of the, the Florida conference having both on both ends had meetings. I announced a activism, um, meeting for the end of the conference right after closing ceremonies. So we had the one that Stronghold did at the beginning. We had the one that I did at the end. And then, um, we had slightly different groups, you know, some overlap, but slightly different groups at the beginning and the end. We talked about basically the same thing, you know, got more ideas. And so when we got home later that week, it was like hit the ground running for this conference. We had seven weeks yeah. from when we got back. <laughs> yeah. Seven weeks to put out a call for presenters, to vet the applications, to mm-hmm. do promotion, to record our own sessions. Right. Edit. And we got materials from presenters that um, sometimes didn't, you know, wasn't like 100%. Um, like, for example, I worked with certain people and Stronghold worked with others. So I worked with um, the Sophic Bouquet on their um, Is Dissociation Always Maladaptive session. Okay. Um, they sent us, they were, they were working from 3G and a phone. Oh, no. So they sent us, yeah. I think they had a laptop or something to do the artwork and recording and stuff, but they sent it to us via phone. Um, we got the artwork from them. We got the audio from them. We put together the video. Um, so we made the video from the pieces they gave us. You know, they yeah. said at this timestamp, switch from this one to that one. You know, we cleaned up their audio a little bit. We put it together. Yeah. So we, you know, some people gave us things in better condition than others, but yeah. it was like solid work for the last like two weeks at least um, oh, once yeah. materials were coming in. Um, and we had people all the way up to like 
curtains raised. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember talking to you and Stronghold and you were both like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, there were some people we really could not have done this and pulled it off anywhere near as well without and deserve lots and lots of thanks. And um, like good. we we managed to have um, at least mostly corrected captions for. I think it was over half or around wow, half. That was hard because so many yeah. people were um, coming in really close to opening ceremony. Yeah. Uh, but we ended up with um, the elephant journal system was, I I I don't know what happened, but like, I I think, I I think they're they're an otherworldly creature that somehow pulls time out of their arse. I'll say arse. <laughs> they're in Australia, um, okay. <laughs> and and somehow made it work in spite of internet problems, in spite of a crappy router, in spite of having the slowest internet ever. They corrected so many captions, and these, and we're not talking about this being easy. Each video took something like probably seven to ten hours to oh, correct. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Talking about a ninety-minute video taking something like nine hours. Yeah, it is awful. Um, Yeah, that is terrible. And on the back end, I did a video, which I'm trying to send to to YouTube, showing them all the glitches in their caption system. If I go in as the owner of the video and correct one word in the captions, it closes the community out from contributing. Really? So, you you know, it's just like little glitches like that. It was driving us all nuts. It's like, why am I locked out? I don't know why you're locked out. (laughs) You know? (laughs) So we were um, paying temi.com for transcripts so that people could correct them um, at about nine bucks for a 90 minute video. Yeah. So it was um, we we had we had a donation. So we used the donation money to pay for those. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank goodness. Yes. That was um, that was the money donated on behalf of Rhonda Bunkelman, who sadly passed. So it was in her memory. Yeah, so we we did have cash on hand for that type of work, but you know, and, and we paid for other little things, sure, uh, yeah. in terms of uh, technology and stuff like that. Right. Zoom Zoom was important because that's how we did the live panels and things like that, or had um, guests do their live presentations was through Zoom. Yeah. But we yeah. paid for the upgrade that allowed us to go straight from Zoom to YouTube. Right. Uh, yeah. So. It, but yeah, it 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 was it was a marvel of spoons and technology. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I bet and, it was, yeah. And uh, you know, uh, Doctor Sosession and Doctor E, we we really like we had two PhDs, two yeah. supervising other, you know, therapists, PhDs, like university level amazing people helping us out with amazing presentations. Um, and we had lots and lots of experts by experience. That's really great. I'm thrilled to hear how well it went. We're coming to the end here though, but I want you to go ahead and share with people where they can find you guys, the Chris's on social media, where they can find out more about some of these videos that you're talking about, because they're still available to watch, even though people weren't able to join in on the conference live, correct? Yes. They're all up forever. (laughs) (laughs) 
whether we like it or not. No. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, the Plural Positivity World Conference is at youtube.com slash plural events. That's one word, all lowercase. Um, the, uh, the bulk of my, um, how do you want to put it, self-help materials are at kinhost.org. Uh, that's K-I-N-H-O-S-T dot org. So on there, you'll find my podcast. You'll find um, the United Front Boot Camp blog, which is a 30-day kind of like less than a day type of um, indoctrination to internal community, <laughs> like how to okay. work on internal community starting from scratch. And then what else? There's... Um, Twitter. There's links for books and things like that, too. And the other place to find me as a life coach is at liberatedlifecoaching.com. And I have a few other articles there. And um, there's a waiting list for beta testing groups. You can email me to be on the waiting list and stuff if you want to do that. You can find me on Twitter at at the Chris's. I think it's one word. Um on Facebook, it's Chris Itterman, C-R-I-S-S, space, I-T-T-E-R-M-A-N-N. Don't leave off the less end for savings. Once again, everyone, <laughs> thanks for listening and joining us this week with the Chris's discussing everything that they have going on, present, past, and future. So what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and leave off here. I'm going to drop all of the Chris's links and everything for their websites, for the, the conference that we were discussing, you'll be able to find all the YouTube channel and YouTube information down below. So go ahead and check out the description box and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks again for joining us, guys. Bye. You can say bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>